Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike, as you may very well know. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hello once again at T-Bomb Land. Joe, I hope everyone is well-rested and got plenty of shut-eye last night, so they are wide awake for today's very important show. And it really is. Uh, If you haven't guessed by the title or from Coach Tony's Subtle Cue, uh, today we're going to be talking about sleep. Uh, But first, Coach Tony is going to kick things off with a segment we like to call Back to the 80s, where we reminisce to a time where we were young and really had nothing to fear. Well, except for things like Tony is going to be sharing with us today, which, in my opinion, is a perfect fit for today's show. So, Coach, go ahead. Well, you know, it it is a perfect fit for for today's show when you think about it. And... and, uh... (sighs) Listen, we love the '80s. I'm throwing you in there too, and, and I know I know we have to we have to give into other childhood eras as well. I'm even willing to to do a couple throwbacks into the '50s. Uh, I, I love reading about the '50s. I love shows that you know where you know they they bring back the '50s. Greece, Greece was a a show in the '70s. It was about the a high school in the '50s. Yeah, the so, original the original High School Musical or High right. School. Yeah, High School Musical. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure, exactly. So, yeah, Greece is a good example, right, uh, from I believe that was 1977 when that came out, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and still the best one for all yeah. you people out there, all you, all you millennials and Generation Z. If you're – well, I don't know if they should – Generation Z, I don't know if they should watch that show just yet, but um, <laughs> I don't need parents breathing down our back right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, t- today you – know, let's, let's move it forward. Today we find it only fitting – to have a brief discussion of how bad it can get when you don't get any sleep. Well, in Hollywood's eyes anyway, Mm -hmm. right? There was a movie that came out in 1984 where director Wes Craven scared the hell out of everyone trying to get a good night's rest. (laughs) Now, the movie, as many guessed by now, from our era anyway, or older, was A Nightmare on Elm Street. The original, now, please. The original. Let's not let's not let's not even go to the reboot. I, I, I don't even want to talk about that. No. I, you know, <laughs> I really don't. I don't understand why we insist on doing things like that. But I just watched the original again recently. OK, it didn't scare me like it did when I was a freshman in high school. No. But what did freak me out and always has is that damn music, Joe. <laughs> that theme song, in my opinion, is more chilling than the Halloween theme song especially when the little kids start singing in the background yeah. it's just yeah it, it, don't get me wrong i love the halloween theme song uh, I, I love the movie itself right sure but especially the original but but something about that music in nightmare on elm street yeah. made sure uh that i wasn't going to sleep anytime soon yeah the, the and, music and, the music was bad enough it was being sung by little girls in white dresses skipping, yeah, yeah no it just was yeah, it did, yeah. very so, off-putting yeah, anyway anyway because mm-hmm. i'll be sleeping the night with all the lights on <laughs> and, and as you will see uh as we get into this that spells disaster for a good night's sleep when all the yep. lights are on but besides a good scary movie that's theme is don't fall asleep mm-hmm. as we all remember whatever you do yeah, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Poor Nancy. Yeah. As we all remember, yeah. There are so many other factors 
that stop us from getting that much needed seven, eight, or even even nine hours uh, a night for that matter. And, and Joe, you are living proof of one of those factors other than sleeping with the lights on in 1984 and running our parents' electric bill sky high. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, real quick too, you say poor Nancy, poor Tina. I mean, <laughs> I oh, think yeah. that was by far one of the most gruesome scenes in the entire uh, yeah. movie. Yeah. But anyways, you know, yeah. real quick, I, I was a huge Freddy Krueger fan and I have no idea why. Um, I, I was in the fifth grade when I saw this movie. Right. And I mean, so naturally I was just completely freaked out, uh, especially with the whole one, two, Freddie's coming for you song, you know, right, then, right. then I found out who played him it was Mr. Robert England. Yes. Right. And I believe it was you, Tony, who explained to me that this was the same guy who played Willie from the old 1980s TV from, miniseries. Yeah. V. V, yes. Uh, we'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll make some correlation in the, in the future. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and he played sort of this kind of dorky, uh, really trying hard to be a human. Uh, the movie was based on aliens that look like humans. And yeah. he, he was really the uh, the comic relief of the show. And therefore, I immediately lost all fear for the guy. <laughs> And to be honest, I started to find him like more and more hilarious and all the subsequent Elm Street movies. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> yeah, 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 there, yeah. But but so I, I thought, I, I, you know, well, the one way you could look at it is he went from a lizard yeah. to Freddy Krueger. So, I yeah. mean, I mean, he was used to putting all the makeup on. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I thought he did a fantastic job in the transformation. Well, from, certainly. From yeah, yeah. Willie and V where he was an alien who was kind of the comic relief right. to a slasher with five blades on his one yeah, hand. The, the major protagonist. Uh, yeah, yeah, big time, big time. So there's that. Yeah. So, you know, here is where things can get really scary, though. Like Tony was saying, this is something that I dealt with as far as the lack of sleep. And this goes beyond the big screens of Hollywood, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how the lack of sleep can have so many profound effects on our bodies. And for me, I underwent a sleep study and was diagnosed with sleep apnea about 10 years ago, which was a bit surprising since back then I wasn't overweight. Um, I think we get this idea that healthy people can't be afflicted with apnea since most cases are found with people who are either obese or suffering from other ailments. But for me, it had little to do with the weight, but rather my adenoids, which is also really interesting since I had those removed in my childhood twice. I remember that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. apparently I'm like part starfish or something because <laughs> they're an issue now here in my late 40s. So, uh, and so what would happen is I would stop breathing every minute or so for like 25 to 30 seconds. And that would prevent me from ever getting into that non-REM or non-rapid eye movement portion of sleep. So what's non-REM all about? Well, before we get into that, let's talk about the stages of sleep. Wait, 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 wait. First hang, thing, on one, huh? hang on one second. Sure. I got a question. You said something a minute ago, not even a minute ago, and, and I, I hate to cut you off, but did you say... You stopped breathing every minute or so for about twenty-five to thirty seconds. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, and it was obviously problematic because I can never. Well, when we get into the stages, you'll see I can never complete the whole sleep cycle. I just kept waking up and starting again, so I was never getting a full night's rest. I mean, that is just absolutely amazing. That kind of reminded me of the the Joe the Joe the Joe Coy skit. Uh, when he talked about sleep apnea, if anyone's ever seen that yeah. stand-up comedian, when he talks about sleep apnea, that's exactly what I thought about when when you said that. That is crazy. But but go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So so the first stage is where we close our eyes and try to relax. It lasts approximately 10 minutes. I know a lot of people would uh, argue that, you know, it takes them forever to fall asleep. But it, approximately 
10 minutes. And then in the next stage, you're in a light sleep where your heart rate and body temperature will drop. The third stage is deep sleep or non-REM sleep. Hmm. Again, I was never making it here. Non-REM is when our bodies are repairing and recovering by regrowing tissues, building bones and muscles, as well as strengthening our immune systems. Yes. So as I said, again, I never made it that far into the you know five to five and a half hours of sleep per night. I would achieve every night over the span of, well, years. Yeah. Uh, and, and finally, we have REM sleep. This is the stage I think most folks are familiar with. Uh, this is when we dream. Uh, it's actually more important than we think, though, since this is the time when our brains are stimulated and it helps us with day-to-day learning. And it's also associated with the increased production of proteins. So basically, I was stuck between non-REM and REM, if I ever made it to non-REM in the first place. If you can remember, I talked about how important sleep is when you deal with anxiety. It wasn't until I started getting seven-plus hours of sleep some nine years later uh, after my sleep study, before I could start to figure out how to unlearn the bad habits of self-critical uh, thinking, extreme paranoia, full-blown anxiety attacks, due to trying to figure out solutions that, um, you know, for problems that never even existed. All right. And again, I wasn't sleeping. So how would I stay awake during the day? Well, coffee. Now, listen, I know some of you are probably thinking, yeah, but Joe, you just had an interview and you told Mrs. Bria uh, in your hydration episode of coffee, and all three of you agreed that it was just fine. So now you're saying it's bad. No, I'm saying the five to seven cups a day I drank into the late afternoon was bad. Sure. One cup full calf I have now and the two half calves I drink now all before 10 a.m., huge difference. Uh, it, it just goes to say everything that we've always talked about. It's all about moderation. So now you take uh, again too much of anything is bad, right? Right. So now you take all of the negative effects of the lack of sleep I was having and boost them with the copious amounts of caffeine I was taking in, and you can see the perfect recipe for a snowball effect. Yeah, a disaster spells that spells disaster. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, so what was the fix? Well, initially it was only a CPAP machine since I tend to grow back adenoid tissue at a rate matching only our national debt. Uh, <laughs> if you've if you've never seen one of them or, or, or heard of them before, uh, basically it looks like a mask you're fitted with before surgery, or it's a smaller version of an airplane f- uh, fighter pilot's mask. That's what I always it's, thought of it as, yeah. Yeah, it's connected yeah. to a machine which blows pressurized air down your throat or open to open your throat, really, mm-hmm. uh, and it allows you to breathe normally. And I assure you it's, it's not as comfortable as it sounds, and the end results are definitely worth any any inconvenience you may experience. Uh, it, it's I've I like it more knowing that I'm getting a full night's sleep. Um, and once once you're asleep, you, you don't know you're wearing the mask, so it's really irrelevant. But mm. fast forward the nine years later, and now with the help of a prescription from my doctor, uh, I take like this one-two punch approach, which helps me sleep through the night uh, with anywhere between seven and a half to nine hours. Now, as for the prescription, well, uh, I'm going to leave that up to our listeners and their doctors to figure out what's best for them. Uh, And also, everything I'm saying here is just to let you know not only how a a lack of sleep can harm you, but also what worked best for me. Uh, I know most people would rather avoid prescriptions if at all possible and maybe go want to go like a a more natural route with specific sleep routines and perhaps melatonin, hmm. which by the way, does nothing for me, uh, since, you know, doesn't, doesn't trick adenoids, but right. I would suggest talking to the doctor about it first, because I mean, why not? It's natural. It's over the counter. It's not too costly. Uh, no, yeah. So there's that. A melatonin is, is a, 
you know, is naturally produced by the human body. Yeah. Um, you know, so sometimes when people aren't producing it, uh, it is the way to go or are producing enough of it, I should say. But in your case, as you said, that's definitely not the route you're going to go because your situation was completely different than that. Certainly. And, and what was what was making making a prescription uh, a little bit more of a necessity for me mm-hmm. uh, because I was dealing with the anxiety. I would wake up in the middle of the night knowing that if I can't fall back asleep, my symptoms from the anxiety was going to be bad for the day. So I was literally stressing over the stress that I didn't even have yet. Right. And this It just kept going. Com- and that's, compound. It, right. Com- and it usually yeah. led to that 4.30 in the morning text that I was sending to you. <laughs> right. right. So, you know. My wake up uh, call, my alarm clock. Um, yeah, there was that. Yeah. So, I mean, well, listen, that's all fantastic information, not because it's the greatest situation you've ever been in, but <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's uh, thousands of people uh, that are listening to this show. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's us folks uh, excited about that, uh, in the near future, uh, thousands and thousands of people listening Absolutely. to the show that may have the same exact situation that you had. So that's great information, uh, not only on your own journey, uh, which I remember well, but also, you know, like I said, giving detailed insight on the stages of sleep and their importance, but, let me do this. Let me let me point out more precise average time spans when those take place, if I may. And some added info, Joe, to, to what you already elaborated on, if I could. Sure. So yeah. So 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 listen up, everybody. If you can visualize a roller coaster ride, you can easily see what our sleep patterns look like during a night's rest from beginning to end kind of visualize that, you know, that up and down and all around, so to speak. And uh, the first stage, as Joe explained, when you are closing your eyes and trying to relax is known as the awake stage, or some people call it the wake stage. So no, folks, this is, this is not only a state that will happen in the beginning. Even on a good night's sleep, you may cycle into the awake stage three or so times from the time your head hits the pillow until the time you wake up to begin your day. So obviously, you don't want to be in the awake stage too often. I mean, that's obvious, while cycling through your stages. Studies have shown folks are in the awake stage approximately 2 to 5% of the time they spend sleeping throughout the night. I'm sure most folks want to be closer to that 2% than that 5%, but they'll take 5% over some of us who seem to be in the awake stage, what, 15 to 20% of the time. And that that is truly spells disaster uh, when it comes to what the importance of sleep is. The second and third stages, kind of combine them a little bit here. Uh, Mm. Again, Joe briefed us on this. They were light sleep followed by deep sleep. Now, with a good night's rest, you spend the majority of your sleep in this combined set of stages. But I think a lot of people are mistaken here. The deep sleep can consume anywhere between 13 to 23% of your sleep, whereas light sleep can take up as much as 45 to 55% of your sleeping cycles. So when you think about it, a lot of people think, well, I'm in deep sleep a lot longer and light sleep is not good. Light sleep is very good for you. And uh, obviously you need the deep sleep. You need all the stages, right? But right. a lot of people think deep sleep is is the highest of the percentage and really light sleep is approximately on average 50% of your sleeping cycles. Hmm. So let me point this out. 
these are studies conducted over time, folks. I'm not making these numbers up. I, I don't just throw these numbers up at the top of my head, okay? I'm simply researching them and delivering the information to you, okay? I'm the person that is delivering the information, trying to help save you some time. That being said, as I said about the awake stage, you can find yourself in and out of the light sleep and deep sleep several times during your cycling through the night. It doesn't just happen one time. Light sleep, as studies will show, seems to be, like I said, the portion of the sleep that you're in the longest during a good night's rest. Now, Joe basically pointed out what the physical benefits are or what is physiologically happening in light and deep sleep. But yeah, well, well, wait a minute. He pointed out a few of them, but let me add something to that. There are several points to look at when looking to improve these cycles, and we will touch on that in a minute, so stick around. That's what I wanted to add. Stick around so that we can add to that. The fourth stage, Joe mentioned this, was REM, rapid eye movement. On average, our bodies spend anywhere from 20 to 25% of their time in this stage throughout the cycling of sleep stages throughout a night's rest. Again, Joe already pointed out the importance of this stage from a mental standpoint. There's no need to repeat that except to drive home the importance of what he shared. So let's do that by sharing what an overall good night's sleep looks like first. So here it is. Ideally, and according to research, again, folks, I said ideally. This is the perfect scenario for you, all right? A great night's sleep may get up to four or five full cycles of all four stages, each cycle averaging 90 minutes maybe more. In other words, each cycle is made up of each of the four stages following in the order of wake, light sleep, deep sleep, and REM. And think about this. You can go through these cycles, these stages, four to five times in a good night's rest. Earlier, I mentioned the percentages of those stages that make up that approximate 90-minute cycle, which again repeats up to five times an evening. Interestingly enough, they are finding that beginning cycles tend to have higher percentages of deep sleep, whereas later cycles tend to concentrate on rapid eye movement. All right, so this is where we get the idea of eight hours of sleep then. Well, in this case, it would be seven and a half hours, uh, and that makes sense. But to be clear, REM sleep isn't the deepest sleep then? Because I, I think I always assumed as much, since with all the brain activity that we were talking about uh, going on, you need to be pretty far out of it so you don't wake up. Uh, you're, okay, so actually, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, you do need to be out of it, right? If you're having all mm -hmm. that, you know, as you talked about with REM, what it does from a, from a neurological standpoint, uh, everything that's going on in the brain and, and, and so on and so forth. So you do have to be out of it. With, with, your, with your mind thinking like that 100 miles per hour, uh, it is the deepest sleep, believe it or not. So, uh, well, you actually do believe it because you said you thought it was. It sure. is the deepest <laughs> sleep. Between that and deep sleep, okay, rap is the deepest sleep. But 
according, according to doctors, according to scientists, the deep sleep stage is more important than rapid eye movement because of all the physical benefits that you mentioned earlier when it comes to muscle repair, muscle tissue, bone tissue, etc. It is the most important stage. Rapid eye movement is the deepest part of the sleep. Mm. Okay, well, that again, that makes sense. And two, you have to think about this too. What about sleepwalkers? What about when you get that that feeling that you're falling? You know, it's like, is is this a dream that's made its way into the wrong cycle? So can you I? Know? Yeah. So can I tell you this real quick? Let me kind sure. of give our our our, uh, our listeners. I always want to say our viewers someday. <laughs> someday, yeah. I believe it. Are they are going to be viewers when we start doing our own YouTube channel as well as our own? So it'll be video and and audio. Does that does that? Is that a dream of yours as well? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, would be yeah nice. so. And and have and have another camera guy other than myself. That would be yeah, awesome. <laughs> maybe some lights, you know, maybe some disco. Sure. Well, maybe I'm out. Sure. I'm getting out of hand. Now. Disco. But um, <laughs> yeah. So so let me tell let me tell our listeners this. Joe was a sleepwalker. Um, I can remember times just laying there and just see <laughs> Joe get up and let, do you remember this at all? When we I used do. to wake you up. Well, I, mean, uh, I remember being told about it. Yeah, you would just walk around, eyes completely shut, and you wouldn't run into anything. I couldn't figure out how you were doing it. You would just get up and start walking around, and then you would just go right back to the spot you started in and go back to sleep. Uh, it was very uh, – it wasn't as scary as A Nightmare on Elm Street, but it was no. it was eerie. Now, if it would have happened while I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street, that might be a different story. <laughs> But yeah, you have been woken up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. Just, well, they always say not to wake up a sleepwalker, um, and because they can get violent. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, I didn't never woke you up. I just watched you, made sure you didn't run into anything heavy, and you went right back to sleep again. So there was that. I just had to throw that in there because I remember that. You know. So basically, let 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 me get to this now, so we don't get too far off track. Because we're getting, we're, no, we're, we're doing that. We're getting off track yeah. here, folks. So one big question I want to bring this up because uh, a lot of people ask about this and it's, it, it fits this time, this era, this, this particular point in our lives. What is your take on this blue light thing with cell phones and TVs and electronics and so on and so forth? So everybody knows, uh, or I shouldn't say that because we don't know that, but if when we're talking about blue light, we're talking about the light that is admitted from these electronic devices, okay? I, I'm not an expert on blue light. I'm not a neurologist, for that matter. I'm not a doctor, period. But what I have done is some research to better understand this phenomenon for myself and folks. I will tell you it is true. When reputable scientific journals are doing studies that are significant sample sizes with the same results over and over, then you begin to try things yourself and the results match what the findings in the studies are, you can start telling folks about it. And I've done that. If you don't believe me, then that's completely okay. That's all right. You don't have to believe me, but go do the research. Go do the research and find out for yourself. So, as we may or may not know, your body is a natural producer of melatonin. Follow the journey here, folks. Follow it. Which, the more we produce, as we said earlier, the easier it is to get to those stages of sleep we have been discussing. Yeah, and that's something I probably should have added when I suggested it before as the alternative to a prescription. But, okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, you did add that, didn't you? I thought you were talking about melatonin. 
I said melatonin, but I never said what it was. Or oh, okay. <laughs> oh well, have, I just said, and I, and I just said we talked about it earlier. I know, leave it in there. Don't edit it. We made a mistake. We're moving on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if if you look at blue light, okay, and the sources it comes from, such as the electronic devices I mentioned earlier, or even the sun, yes, the sun, you are looking at sources, some natural and some not that are blocking the melatonin produced by the body naturally to help put us to sleep. That's the purpose of it. Therefore, one reason why we wake up when the sun comes up is just that. Our bodies naturally wake up because the sun begins to block and decrease the melatonin in our bodies. Our bodies naturally rise when the sun rises. And that's just one example why our bodies rise naturally at that point. It's also a different show, but it's why men have so many problems with sleep. And that's something we're going to talk about in a different show. Those of you who work midnight shift, oh, isn't it, is it not rough to go to sleep in the middle of the day? Something we can talk about in the near future. Mm-hmm. Now, a few moments ago, we did indeed say, There are a few ideas, so to speak, in trying to help you develop a better night's rest. Folks, do me a favor. Put the electronics away. Don't tell my kids this. 45 minutes plus before bed. Stop watching TV a half hour or so, even better an hour or so, before bed. Give your body a chance to deplete itself of the blue light effect. Now, listen to me. Remember when I talked about Joe, if you can recall this, I said, I read about the research, I follow reputable science, and then I practice it before I bring it to the listeners. I did exactly this, reading journals, okay, reputable journals, and and understanding science, I then began to do this. I then began to get away from the electronics way before I was going to sleep. And guess what? Out cold and sleeping like a log until the time my alarm went off in the morning. So I, I, I really believe because I was having such a hard time because I was that TV watcher all the way into the night. And that was one of my biggest problems. Mm-hmm. So, again, stop watching TV a half hour or more before bed. Give your body a chance, like I said, to deplete itself of that blue light effect. In turn, it will help increase melatonin production to help you cycle through those stages we have discussed for a better night's rest. Also, try not to eat right before you go to bed. Not because everyone thinks that is what causes weight gain, okay? Because if you listen to our podcast, you know that if you eat the right way, it doesn't. It could benefit you. However, when it comes to sleep, it can cause chemical processes in your body to raise certain hormones that make you more alert, we shall say, and thus cause a toss and turn effect. And I'll tell you what one of the hormones are, it's cortisol, Mm -hmm. the fight or flight, right? And so that stressor, all right, will cause a toss and turn effect throughout a major portion of the night and keep you in the wake stages of your sleep cycles way too much. I don't want to get I don't want to get too deep into the science. Just do me a favor, folks, and, and try to make that eating lifestyle come to an end an hour plus before bed. 
and make sure it's that clean eating lifestyle we've talked about so much. Maybe, maybe even two hours before. And when we talk about that clean eating lifestyle, folks, if, if you can go to season one and look at our episodes where we talk about intermittent fasting and the, the keto diet, all right, the ketogenic diet and the combining of the two, we talk about calories versus insulin. We talk a lot about what you should be eating before bed. Okay, the things you should be staying away from and the things you should be eating. And if you can do that an hour or two before you go to bed, that's even better. All right. As far as being concerned about your sleep cycles and making sure you're getting a good night's rest. So let me just say one more thing. Finally, we we sleep our best when the external environment. I'm going to cause a holy war in households here (laughs) is set at a temperature of 65 degrees plus or minus three degrees during the night. So if I had to go, you know, the plus or minus, we're saying 62 to 68 degrees at that thermostat. Now, again, that's going to be a sore spot with folks in your home. So don't tell them I told you that. All right. Um, Yeah, we we go with 67 here. Is everybody okay with that? Oh, yeah. No, it has to be. Uh, in fact, it's, in the wintertime, uh, we even shut off our vent in the uh, bedroom because with the sun, well, as you know, it's a smaller house. So it yeah. heats up all throughout the day. We shut the vent off in there just to get so our room at least is is super cold. Uh, I'll so, tell you what, it, I've never been more comfortable. I, I, let, let me tell you this quick story real quick. All right. Again, here we are practicing what we are being preached from reputable scientific knowledge, okay? Uh, When I'm at home, all right, folks, I've mentioned this a million times already in the podcast. I'm in two spots. I'm in Youngstown, Ohio, in a suburb of Campbell, and then I'm upstairs. I'm upstairs. (laughs) I'm up north uh, in a state called Michigan in Lansing where I work. I'm back and forth about three and a half hours apart. And when I'm at home... I am freezing all the time, and I have that thing set at 72. If I set that thing at 72 in Lansing, Michigan, my one roommate would go through the roof. He's got it set at maybe 64. And I wanted to kill him in the beginning because I would freeze. But guess where I get the better sleep at? Yeah. In Michigan. Who would have think an Ohio State fan could even get any shut-eye knowing their uh, dwelling <laughs> is in Michigan? But therefore, Uh, it is absolute proof when you can take an Ohio State football fan, put them in Michigan, and they're getting a better night's rest than they are right there in Buckeye Nation. So I think that is one of the best, the best scientific studies you will ever find, in my own personal opinion. That's good. I'm just saying. All right. So let's let's talk about next week's show. All right. Um, we're going to start exploring the wonderful world of yoga. No, yes. not the pants. Not the pants. Uh, <laughs> I could do with a whole I'm not show wearing the pants. But I'm not wearing yes. them. Yeah. <laughs> but the exercise, of course, which helps with the, uh, the mind, body, and soul from core strength to isometric strength, flexibility to stabilization, as well as balancing your mental well-being and then some. You don't want to miss this look into what so many have found life-changing and even saving at times. Absolutely. So until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. Finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself... Thanks for listening.
Hey, uh, hey, Joe. Listen to Yo. me. You know, you know what I'm going to be watching tonight, right? You know, you know what I'm going to be watching tonight. Best what am I going to kids on the block? No, hey, cut that out. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I probably would lose sleep if I did that. I guarantee you, I wouldn't be able to even get. I'd be in the wake stage all eight hours if that happened. No, it's me and Freddie tonight. Me and Freddie Krueger. Yep, Nightmare on Elm Street for the 300th time. I'm going to see if it scares me a little bit more this time. It didn't last time I watched it. I was a little upset. Hey, folks, you're the best you out there. Get ready for some yoga.